transparency for you, so let's just follow along. This message came from um, how God changed me. I, I was with some people the other day that I used to run with and I used to look a lot like, not physically, but but emotionally. My soul looks a lot like their soul. We're going to get into this a little bit later, what your soul is, what your soul does, who you are, who I am. And I changed so much when I was around these people the other day. I changed so much that I didn't really fit in with them anymore. I used to run with them on a daily basis. a lot, of, Maybe not daily, but I ran with them a lot. They were my people I hung out with and stuff. But I didn't really fit in with them anymore at all. I didn't even look like them anymore. I, I was, they were one of them, and I was someone else. And, and, and you know, I'm not saying to say, look at, look at me, but every one of you came here looking for a change, I believe. Right. You came here for something. And you're still here. Yeah. So are you getting what you came for? Are we changed enough? Are, are we letting God change us? It's not through anything I did, but it's how God changed me. God, God's the only one who can change me. I can change things on the outside. I can quit smoking. I can try to quit smoking anyway. I can do this or that. I can give up this thing. I can give up that thing. But in the back of my mind, it's always still plaguing me. It still does sometimes. But I can use God's word to defeat those things. God will empower me. To, to overcome any sin there is. He'll empower me to overcome these things through Him. I can only change the outward man. He can change the inside of me. He can change my soul, the way my soul is, what I want, what I think. He can change those things. And it's through His Word, because He loves me. That's the only reason, he, that's the only reason it happens, because God loves me. It's by nothing that I do. Um, God changed me completely. He's, I'm not saying that I've arrived by any means. But I look nothing like I did when I started out. It's just been a few short years ago. A few short years ago, I was living in Stephen's basement. I found that I had a warrant for me. It was a felony warrant. I had to move out of my, my place, move into his basement. I, I was drinking and partying and smoking a whole lot of weed. And, you know, and, and God brought me to where I'm at. And by no means have I made it. But I look, my life looks completely di- di- different than it did just a few short years ago. And I believe that some of you all are looking to be on that same track. The same way God changed me. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're here for, right? If you're looking for the other things, you're wanting to break those things and, and get rid of those things out of your life. If, you're, if you were looking for the other things, you'd stay where you're at. You wouldn't be in here listening to me tonight. You'd be out doing the other things that you want to do with the flesh. Um, your soul, this is where it all begins at, is in your soul. You have to change the inward man in order to change the outward man. If I just change the outside, that's all, that's all I'm capable of doing is trying to change the outside, the way it looks to other people. God is the one who has to change my soul. Though. Your soul is made up of your mind. Am I taking notes here? It's made up of your mind, your will, what you want to do, the things you want to do. It's made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, our soul is formed in such a way of where we grow up as what our parents were, what we grew up around, right? And, and it's how we react to these things. Not just where we grew up, but where we live at in each day-by-day thing. Where we could call it our walk. Where I hang out at, with, who I hang out with. And how I react to those things. How I choose to respond to those things. That's my soul. That's who I am. Correct? Right. Now, I can, in myself, I could try to quit drinking. I could try to quit doing these things or whatever. But if I truly change myself, I haven't. So through God, I have to, my first scripture here is 2 Corinthians 5.17. This was out of the King James. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
So when I came to God, what changed me? Wait, 2 Corinthians what? 5.17. 5, 5, 2 Corinthians 5.17. What changes me? <laughs> when I get into God's Word, I, I've been introduced to all these other things. I've been introduced to alcohol. I've been introduced to drugs. You know, perversion. Whatever the things are that we get into are, are, are familiar sins. Everyone has familiar sins. And you have that in your soul through things that you've been around. And how you've reacted to those things. Right? Are y'all following me? Yep. We're on the same page? Come on. So the new thing that comes out of my being saved, when I get saved, I invite the Holy Ghost to live inside of me. That introduces God to me. Right. That introduces God to my spirit. The Bible says, he, he says his spirit, big S, when every time there's a capital S in the Bible, how many knows we're talking about the Holy Spirit? That's right. They're not talking about my spirit or the or foul spirit, they're talking about the Holy Spirit, but it's a capital S. It says his spirit, the capital S, witnesses through me, or bears witness through my spirit, little s. So once that's introduced into me, then I have something else that's introduced into my life, to my soul, right? Now how do I choose to react to this? This message is about choices, decisions. We make decisions every day, all day long. Every few seconds we're making a new decision. You may think some things are inadequate. You may think, well, I'm going to choose to live for God, or I'm going to choose to live for the flesh. Or I'm just not going to make a decision at all. By not making a decision, you've made a decision. You've made a decision to let the enemy defeat you by making that decision. Does that make sense to everyone? So, uh, when God's introduced, we become a new creature. Old things are passed away. So those old things die. They change. Through the word of God, those old things change. Does anyone arrive where they want to be in this walk? If you are, this isn't for you, but no one's going to right there. Old things are passed away. So we're going to completely change away from our old things. Behold, all new things are become, or all things are become new. So through this introduction of God to the Holy Spirit and to my spirit, I'm going to change radically. God has changed me radically. He still has a long way to go on me. He's got a lot of work to do. I'm not perfect by any means. And we'll never be perfected. We're being perfected. We're being saved. But we have to let, allow God to do these things. And we have to make the decisions to do the right things. The change starts inside of us. Uh, we can have as much or as little God as we want. You look around us, and some people who've been serving the Lord the same amount of time I do, or longer, they may not have changed as much as me. Or I may not have changed as much as them. It's because, it's not because how old we are in the Lord, but it's because we can have as little or as much God as we want. Um, Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and you shall receive. Knock, and the door will be opened. Seek, and you will find. Are we putting these words into ourselves today? God's word, are we putting this into us? Are we making the right choices and the right decisions to change our lives for the better? Are we doing these things today? Do a little self-examination here. Are you reaching as far as you can reach? If it was something else that you wanted that wasn't God, I always use the reverence of the new shotgun. I would move money around, I would change things up, I might even sell something old that I didn't want that much anymore. But I'd make a way to get it if I wanted a new something, something of that nature. Right? We do that. As fleshly beings, we do that. Are we doing everything we can do to reach out for God? To strive for God? You know, we have to, I believe, that we have to be either going toward God or we're going away from God. It's one or the other. You can't stand still, you can't stand idly. If you try to stand idly and not move anymore, if I try to get up as close as I want to be to God and then I want to stop right there and just stay right there, I'm more than likely I'm going to fall away. I'm going to be defeated. The enemy's going to get a hold of me and he's going to defeat me. I'm going to fall away if I'm not continually reaching for God. 
this thing right here will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from the Word. It's one way or the other. You can you choose. It's your choice. You choose this today. Um, I'm going to tell you a little late. I'm going to set the stage for you before I get into my main text tonight. Israel was cast out of their nation because they were serving other gods. God was angered with them, and he kept, they, were, they were cast out of their nation. Right? And other gods can be. I don't want you to think it's just the fat man on a pole, or it was a golden calf that they put up that got them thrown out. But other gods can be a lot of things. It could be your children. It could be your wife. It could be money. It could be your Harley. It could be your job. Anything that you put in front of God. You know? It could be inadequate things. It could be this church for me. If I put more time into this church and trying to minister, or if I put more time into working on the building than I do with my relationship with God, that can become an idol to me. Those things can be called, construed as me worshiping another God. Correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So they were cast out of their nation for worshiping other gods. They went and they were in bondage to Egypt. They were, they were making bricks. And Egypt was mistreating them badly. And we talked about Moses. I preached about Moses a little bit. Anybody remember that? I preached about Moses, how to deliver him out through the miracles that God showed Moses. So actually, Moses was just the man in the mouthpiece, but God was the one truly the delivery. They crossed the Red Sea. Then they went out and they walked around this Mount Sinai for 40 years. Actually, God told them first, he said, send 12 scouts into the promised land. God promised them this land. It was a great land. So it's flowing with milk and honey, much like where we live at today. Right. The United States is a great land of opportunity. It's flowing with milk and honey. He tells them he's going to give them this land. He says, send out 12 scouts into the land. Or Moses sent out 12 scouts into the land. And uh, two of them came back. Caleb, right? Good thing was Caleb, right, son? Caleb and Joshua came back. And they gave a good report. They said, we can defeat them. We can take this. Because they were looking at what the Lord said. Yeah. They were looking at what God told them. And they knew they could do this. Right. Because God said so. If God tells us something, folks, you can take it to the bank. Right. The other ten scouts, though, they came back and said there's giants living in the land. They brought grapes back on poles. Two men had to carry the clusters of grapes to come back from there. They were so big. Think about that. It's like to have grapes that big around. <laughs> they brought these babies back on poles, though. The men couldn't carry them. And, and there were giants living in this land, but, but they were deceived by what they saw with the physical eye. They were looking with their physical eye. They weren't looking at what God had said to them. Right. So, uh, God marched them around, or Moses actually marched them around this mountain for 40 years. Their clothes never wore out, the shoes never wore out. Anybody heard this story before? Yeah. Yeah. Their clothes and shoes never wore out. God fed them uh, manna every day, which is like some sort of bread that came up out of the ground, and they made, they would go in and make cakes out of this thing or whatever. He had them pick up this off. It was out on the ground every day, just like when the dew settled on the ground, the, the manna was out there. God took care of these people. Then they complained about, they didn't have, they complained about that and murmured about that, that they wanted meat. So God had there was a million and a half people or something here. Something to that effect. And God had a cubbies of quail. He said, you're going to eat meat until it comes out your nostrils then. Since they complained about this. And he had cubbies of quail run through the camp. They just picked them up off the ground and had them until they were full of meat. They couldn't handle any more meat. And he, they did this for so long until the people who didn't believe in God to go into the promised land, they died off. I'm just setting the stage here for you before we get into the main text. The people that died off and the new people, the newer generation, the younger generation came up underneath them. Are we going to do that today? Are we going to let someone else take our place? Are we going to do what God says we can do? Are we going to do what God says that I have the power to do? That's where we should be living. I should get a lot of amens on that. We're going to be doing what God says we have the power to do. So um, Moses Moses didn't even get to go in because he got angry and he, he messed up. 
that's another sermon all itself. Um, uh, so he marched these people around this mountain 40 years. The older ones died off and didn't believe. The younger ones were getting ready to go in. So he's telling them this on this day. Moses and Joshua got to go in. Joshua led them after uh, Moses had passed. Get out my ISV Bible here. It says, Indeed, these commands I'm giving you today are neither confusing nor untainable for you. Right? It's not confusing to you. The Bible says the Holy Ghost will be your teacher if you want to know about it. That's right. His word, his laws, his commands. They're not confusing and they're not far off. These things he's telling us to do today. How many of you know that this relates, even though it was the what the fifth book in the Bible? I didn't say we're at yet, right? No. <laughs> we are the I don't know already Deuteronomy. 30, 11 through 19, Deuteronomy. So even though it was the fourth book of the Bible, it still pertains to us today, right. just like we were there yesterday, right? Because God's word never changes. Right. He's speaking to the, this is basically the earliest church, the earliest church, he's speaking to them and telling them this is how you need to act. So they're neither unattainable or confusing to you. Verse 12 says, they aren't in heaven, they aren't in the heavens, so you don't have to ask, who will go up to the heavens for us and get it for us, so we can hear hear it and act on it. See that there? So we can hear it and act on it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Right. But what happens though? Faith without works is dead, right? 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 We get in this? Yeah. The next verse says again. He says this two times to them. There's an inside joke that they're laughing about. <laughs> and they aren't beyond the seas either. So they're not in heaven, they're not far off. They're not on the other side of the sea. So you have to ask, who'll cross the sea and get it for us so we can hear it and act on it? What do we do in church? Are we acting on the things we're hearing here? Are we acting on God's word? I put hours together in each one of these sermons to come here and bring them to you and present them to you. And if we don't act on these things and our lives don't change, we're not continually reaching, if our soul doesn't change, I've done nothing. I've done this for nothing. Do you understand that? If you don't take this and apply it to your life, I might as well be preaching to the empty walls in here. Right. If someone doesn't do something with it. So he says, so we can hear it and act on it. This is how we're going to change our lives. This is how generational curses are broke. Do you want the same thing for Bella's you had growing up or that you have in your life? Do you want it for little Stephen or for Kason? I don't want it for my kids. I want it to be broke. I want to break this thing right here, right now. It's up to us. It's on my back. Right. To break this for my family. It's on your back. Anyone who has generational curses in their family, it's up to them. And that doesn't have to necessarily be an addiction or, or alcohol, any, any kind of addiction like that. Sexual addiction, sexual things, it doesn't have to be those things. It can be as simple as depression. As simple as any ailment in your mind. Any, anything that the devil can use to hold us down. We can break those things through his word. But we have to hear it. And then we have to act on it. Because you can hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. It doesn't mean anything if you don't do something with it. I can have the most powerful revolver in the world. And if a man breaks in my house to rob me and pillage me and, and do whatever he wants to do, if I don't pick that thing up and do something with it, it's nothing. Correct? If I leave it laying in my safe, it's nothing. Might not be the best example for church, but that's where my mind goes. So we go on, oh, with 14, it says, 
Uh, Psalms 119.11 also goes along with this. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it quick. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. So this thing is not far off. It's not across the river. It's not in heaven. It's not across the sea. It's right here inside of me. Because I'm reading my word. I'm studying my Bible. I'm applying it. Just like we've been talking about with casting the imagination of the thought down. That's trying to get you to apply this word to your life. That's what we have to do. That's the key to this whole thing. Not only hear it, but we have to do it. We have to apply it. Look, today I have set before you life and what is good along with death and what is evil. So he's given them a choice today. He's laying it in front of them. I'm laying it in front of you today. Will you choose life or death? And then he's going to tell them, you choose. You choose on this day. Life or death. Good or evil. There's nothing down the middle. It's either one way or the other. It's black or white. There's no gray in this. That's why I'm commanding you today to love the Lord your God and walk in his ways and observing his commands, statutes, and ordinances so that you may live long, increase. He's talking about numerically there. And so that the Lord your God may bless you. He's talking about other ways there. And the land that you are about to enter and possess. Let me ask you this. You came here looking for a change. Or you're looking to possess something new. A new land. New possessions. A new life. It's much like what these people are going through. It's the exact same thing. Just a few thousand years later. It's the same thing. We're going through the same thing. So this thing speaks to us in the same way. He's commanding us to Lord. You, don't, you may not know the Bible every bit of it. I don't know the Bible every bit of it. I don't think anybody could ever know the Bible every bit of it. It's a lifelong work trying to learn what you can learn out of it. But he's saying, Jesus said this again in the New Testament. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your might, and all your soul. So every decision I make, I should be checking with that spirit in here. Listen to him. He tells you. He tells you the right thing. He tells you the right thing to do every time. But he's a gentleman. He doesn't overstep. If you want to run over it, he'll let you do it. You see, God made the angels first to worship him. He didn't give them a free will. So he didn't feel that was good enough. So he made humans with a free will. So that we have a choice. We have a decision to make from the get-go. We can choose to worship God, or we can choose to go the other way, good or evil, life or death. It's your choice. What do you choose to do with it? <clears throat> but if you turn your heart away and do not obey, but instead, if you stray away to worship and serve other gods, your job, your wife, your kids, anybody else got anything you can throw in there? Your addictions, shopping, whatever it is, your bike, your car, whatever, you, you get it, your house, anything, it could be anything, material possessions, possessions, people, whatever it is, power, authority, whatever you want to possess, that's what got the, that's what got the devil kicked out of heaven, right? He wanted to be like God, he wanted to be more powerful than God, he got booted out of the place, he had it made, he was already in heaven, you get that? And he got kicked out because he got greedy. So we don't want to stray away and worship those other gods. I'm declaring to you. <coughs> I'm declaring to you today that you will surely be destroyed. Pretty strong words there, right? If we step off the right path, if we're not making the right choices, we'll surely be destroyed. You won't live long in the land you're crossing, so you won't possess those things long. This happens a lot to people. They get into church. I've seen people, I've seen this happen to people no longer than I've been here. They get into church, they get a good job, God heals their body some, or he might heal them all the way. They get a job, their family comes together, he heals them, everything is going great. Everything's going wonderful, you see. It's exactly the change they came into the church looking for, they got it. 
I have it in hand. And then guess what? They don't give God the credit for it. They start thinking they did it on their own. Or maybe, you know, I'm doing this on my own, so how do I get more of what I want? How do I get greater things of what I want? So then they start spending more hours at work. Pretty soon, maybe, they, they put church off one night. What, what's one night going to hurt? It's just a Thursday night. It's just a Sunday night. It's just one service. Guess what? You just desensitize yourself a little bit. So when you miss that one Thursday night, then it's easier to miss the next time. And then pretty soon, it's a Sunday morning. And then pretty soon, you keep on going, and you keep going like this, and pretty soon, you're not in church at all anymore. You're trying to do things yourself. We're trained to do that in our flesh. You know that, right? Especially men, I believe. We're trained to do that in our flesh. Because any time a need arises, what do you do first? Yeah. What am I going to do about this? i got to take care of it. I'm the provider of my family. I'm going to do it. I, 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 I. I'm going to take care of it. Instead of saying, he, 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 he. We need to be turning to God. Because he's the one that does everything for us anyway. Right? Um, you won't live in the, long, in the land that you are crossing the Jordan River to possess. Uh, what was I have here? I call heaven and earth to testify. Here's my main text right here. I call heaven and earth to testify against you today. I've set life and death before you today. Both blessings and curses. Life and blessings or curses and death. Right. It's plain and simple. Can you all see that today? It's very plain. We have to hear this and we have to act on it. Choose life. He tells them very simply. It's not even a choice. He's telling you. Can you hear me? Choose life. Choose the blessings. It's simple. But the devil gets us off into some little thing down some little trail, keeps us busy doing things. He'll let you make all kinds of money. Let me let you in on a secret. He'll let you make all kinds of money. He'll let you do all kinds of things. He'll give you the best looking woman in town if that's what it takes for you to trip you up. It may not just be something necessarily a sin, but it may be something just to draw you away from God, just to keep you from reaching for the life. Um, blessings and curses. Choose life. It may be that it may be well with you. That's pretty good right there, isn't it? If you choose life, it'll be well with you. But hold on. Hold on, there's more. You and your children. This affects your children, too. Think about how those generational curses got started. You see, I didn't just didn't wake up one day and decide to start drinking. I grew up around it. I thought it was normal. I thought drinking and fighting and bullying people and stuff like that, I thought that was normal. I did. I grew up around it every day. It probably didn't happen with my dad either because his dad ha had a generational curse on him. And I don't even know his dad before that because my dad's dad died, before, my grandpa died before I was born. You see? And I know that happens with many of us. It may not be that. It may be an emotional illness that we have. It may be a, a, a mental illness that we have. But those things are birthed generations ago. Where will that go with your son, your daughter? Where will that go with my kids? It's up to us to break that today. It's either life or death. Blessings or curses. You choose. He even tells you what to choose here today. I don't want to have that on my children. I don't want to pass that down. See, they're going to be what we show them, what we are. They're going to do what they say. My dad told me if he ever caught me smoking a joint, he'd break my jaw. Never happened, though. See, I saw him. I grew up seeing him do that, so I thought it was all right. And then when I did it around him, it, it, it was all right. And then we parted together or whatever. And I'm not knocking my dad by any means. I love my dad. He didn't know this, what I've studied about. But it's on us today to break this thing. If they see us in church and living the right thing, and they see us reaching for life, 
Guess what's going to happen to them? They're going to have life. They're going to have it more abundantly. Guess what's going to happen to you, to my grandchildren? They're going to have life. And so on and so on and so on. The Bible, I think, says for a thousand generations, brothers and sisters, for generations after this, if I live my life right, and I, re- and I live and I reach for life, and I make the choices, it's not, it, you have to reach and push into the word, is what he's saying here. You get this word down inside of you. Every decision you make, you, you, you measure it up against this word. Does it fit in with the word of God? Does me missing church on Wednesday night fit in with the word of God? Does God tell me to do that? Would God have me do that? If Jesus were right here beside me, would I do this thing? Let me tell you, he is. The Holy Ghost lives inside of you. He knows everything you do before you make the move. What are we doing, church? What choices are we making? Our children should be the most important thing to us, even more important than myself. I'm 40 now. What do I got here, 20, 30 years left on this earth? 40 maybe? If I'm really lucky, I might get to 80. But my kids and my grandkids, what kind of legacy are we leaving in this world? You know, we might think I can do it just a little bit and it'll be all right. Just a little bit and it'll be all right. But then I'll go right back over here and I'll be with God. I'll do the things I'm supposed to do. Imagine there's a glass sitting up here. And it's got good clean water in it. And you put just a little bit of dirty water in there. What's it do? It pollutes the whole thing, right? Or you can look at it as an apple. If there's an apple here and one little bad spot's on the apple. This thing I'm, I'm, I'm playing around and I'm dabbling in this little apple here. That one bad spot will infect that whole thing. And you'll have, the whole thing will be rotten. It'll be no good. It's your choice. You choose today. Uh, my next scripture is in the New English translation. It is Galatians 6, 7, and 8. It says, do not be deceived. He's telling you, don't be deceived, people. God will not be made a fool. For a person will reap what he sows. You may think you're dabbling in things. You may think I'm going to pull it off because I'm going to get I'm going to get straightened up later. God ain't going to make a fool of. He ain't nobody to play with. He ain't no chump. He ain't. He's nobody to play with. He knows everything we do. We need to get this right. Get this right right now. I know that we're not going to walk out of here tonight and be perfect, but we have to be striving for that thing. We have to continually be reaching for that thing. We have to think every choice we make. Pray about it. Think about them. Measure them up to the Word of God. When he puts that image up on your imagination, cast that thing down. Speak the Word of God over it. This is the power right here. The Bible says the Word of God has power over all things. Verse 8 in this same scripture says, Because the person who sows to his own flesh will reap corruption from the flesh. What's our flesh? Our flesh is the thing that wants to do all the worldly things, right? Right. So if we're if we're sowing to that right there, we're going to we're going to reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit right here shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. We're going to heaven, folks. If we do this, if we get this right, we're going to heaven. We can do it. He'll empower us to overcome everything. All we have to do is have a relationship with him, pray to him, talk to him, ask him what he wants us to do. And then you know what? Sometimes we got to shut up and listen. Listen to that spirit man right inside of here. That's what we have to do. We have to become more attuned to that than we do to our five physical senses. Um, I have one more scripture for you real quick. It's King James, and it is Romans 6.16. I'm about to let you go. We're going to get out here pretty early tonight. 
just leave my book for 6.16 says, Know ye not that to whom you yield, you, ye, which means you, yield yourself servants to obey, his servants, ye are to whom you obey. <coughs> you get that? That makes sense? Whatever you're doing, whatever you're dabbling in, that's who you're obeying. You're either obeying the devil or you're obeying God. Doesn't say anything about Greg in there, does it? Whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Nothing down the middle of the road. We're either one or the other. Sister Tanya, she, uh, I'm not calling her out, but i got to use this paper you gave me. Okay. This goes beautifully along with this. She said this has been on her, you all have been here the Sunday morning, the Sunday night, whatever we preached on, imagination casting down, and then we preached on what? Being able to do it for a long period of time? Endurance. Endurance. I didn't give you that definition the other day. Endurance, enduring and doing this over just not a week's period of time or a day or two period of time, but going on with it. The, the definition of endurance is the ability to do something hard for, or difficult for a great period of time. Tanya came in last Sunday, I think it was, we had the game night, and gave me this, I don't know if it's a poem or if it's a saying, or did you read this somewhere or did you write this yourself? It came from another church. Okay. She gave this to me, she said this has been on her heart, and it's been on her refrigerator for a long time before I started praying this, or preaching this. And I already had this message, so it was kind of confirmation sister. It says, change your thought, you will change your mind. You get that? That goes along with the, the message we've been preaching about. Change your mind, you'll change your actions. We'll start to act different. We'll start to say the right things instead of using our authority against us. We'll start using our authority <coughs> for ourselves. <clears throat> change your actions. You'll save your life. That's good stuff right there, isn't it? Change your actions, you'll save your life. You'll also save the lives of those those generations behind you. We can't do anything about the ones that went before us, but the ones behind us, we can change it for them. We can see great things from our kids. You know, our kids could be the next preacher. They could be the next Jimmy Swagger or the next not said it because he fell, but he could be the next big time preacher. You know, that fills up Arrowhead Stadium and changes people's lives. Not just stand up here and preach the battle on. But look what happens when people start getting, God starts getting a hold of people. Lives get changed. People come out of addictions. People get jobs. People start to take care of their own things. People, their lives radically change, and they make it to heaven. If we could infect all of our kids with this, if we could show all of our kids this, think what could happen here. It could be huge. This could be huge. Let's pray. We could get a head bowed tonight. Um, Daddy, I thank you for this night. Lord, I thank you for the people that you've sent here, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would just let this sink into them, Lord. Let us get into your word more and more as days go by, Lord. Show us to make the right decisions, Lord. Remind us to make the right decisions, not just go off on our own and, and get busy and, and self-occupied with other things, Lord, but, but remind us that you are the master, Lord. You are the potter. You're the one that made this pot, Lord. You're the one that made this vessel, Father God, and you know what's best for me, Lord. So help me to remember to listen to you, Father God. Help this church remember to listen to you, Lord. Give us the wisdom, the knowledge to hear from you, the patience to be still, Lord, and wait for you, Father God, if that's what it takes, Lord, at times. Daddy, I pray that you would get us into our word more. Give us the desire to seek you more, Lord, to knock on that door, Lord, to keep knocking on that door, Father, until you've moved us from where we are to where you want us to be, Daddy. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. I pray that you would keep these people safe tonight, Lord. Bless them, Father God. Use the people in this church, Father God, 
to bring people into your kingdom, Daddy. Let us testify, witness for you, Father, throughout this Lord, this, this world, Lord. Spreading your light, Lord, your salt, Father God. <coughs> Give this world flavor through this church, Father, and light that people may live, Father God. Help us to make the right choices, life, and blessings, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. Amen. Amen.